Smart versus bold. That's what the over-under win total for the Cincinnati Bearcats forces you to choose what route you want to take. I'll explain why I'm choosing the bold route on today's episode of Locked On Bearcats. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. It's free and available everywhere you get your podcasts. And on YouTube, subscribe to the Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel. Now up to 219 subscribers and counting. Follow us to get an alert every time we drop a new episode as well. I'm Alex Frank, your host each and every day, bringing all of my experiences from my days as sports director of UC's student-run media organization, Bearcast Media, bringing all of those here to the Lockdown Bearcats podcast. So, Bet Online has the Cincinnati Bearcats over under win total this season, this upcoming season, 2022, at nine. Take the over on that. I am, at least. The number is telling you because it is, it's high, honestly. Like, I thought, okay, the number could be at eight, eight and a half, seven and a half, but nine wins. And this is for a team that lost numerous players, nine draft picks, three more signed as undrafted free agents. So it's losing a whole bunch of talent. And you really don't know how the new guards in those talented position groups are going to come in and play. But still, the fact that it's at nine wins, but it's it's high and it's telling you to take the under. That's because the talent that's lost That's because there's, you know, what is a tough schedule. But you can be smart and take the under. You can take the under and say, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know who's going to start a quarterback. I don't know how they're going to fare. Whoever does start a quarterback, how they're going to fare once they get there. I don't know, you know, how the cornerback position is going to be this year with, you know, replacing two All-Americans and Sauce and Kobe. I don't know what to expect from this team. So you can be smart and be like, I don't really know. I'm going to take the under. And if the Bearcats you know, hit nine wins, great. If they go to 10 wins or higher, eh, you know what? I was wrong, but at least I, you know, I wasn't reckless or whatever, if that's your mindset. And you know what? It's okay. But I'm going to be bold here. Because if I take the under, and my thinking is, if I take the under, if I'm going to Vegas and I'm taking the under, on the Bearcats' win total of the season. That's me saying I think this team is going to finish 8-4. and four. But look at the schedule. What games are you truly convinced that Cincinnati is going to lose? There has not been a game since 2019 that you can convincingly say Cincinnati is going to lose. I say that even with the game against Alabama last year in the playoff. I was not totally convinced they were going to lose that game. I saw a path to victory. I was not convinced they were going to lose to Georgia. I have not been convinced Cincinnati is going to as it was going to lose a game since probably Memphis in 2019, and if not that, for sure Ohio State that year. What games this year can you convincingly say they're going to lose? Arkansas? 
okay, that might be your best game to say, yeah, this team is going to lose. Can you convincingly say that, say that they're going to lose any other game this season? Like, can you convincingly stand up and say, yeah, they're going to lose at SMU. Yeah, they're going to lose at UCF. Yeah, they're going to lose at home against Indiana. First off, they're not losing at home this year, so those games are out. And if you're going to say, yeah, they're going to lose against Miami at Paul Brown Stadium, that ain't happening. So, other than Arkansas, what games can you not only not convincingly say, but just realistically say they're going to lose? Maybe SMU and UCF realistically, but convincingly, no. And by the way, Arkansas, SMU, and UCF adds up to three games. That's still nine wins, so you break even. Get past the fact that they're losing all this talent from last year. Understand that they still play in the American Athletic Conference. They avoid Houston and Memphis for the regular season. Non-conference schedule is easy outside of Arkansas. Kennesaw State, that's a 56 to nothing win, most likely. Miami in, 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 at Paul Brown Stadium, that's a win. Indiana at home, I can convincingly say the Bearcats win that game by 10 points. They won at Indiana last year by 14 after being down by 14. So who's to say they can't do that same thing again at home this year? And then you go into conference play, easy home schedule, USF, Navy, uh, ECU, and Tulane. Those are all games they're going to win. On the road at Temple's a win. Tulsa's a win. SMU and UCF, I, I think the Bearcats can win those games too. So what games are on the schedule that scare you in conference play? If there aren't any, take the over. It might be bold because, yes, of the talent they lost. And you really don't know how the new guards at key positions are going to gel and when they're going to gel and how that's going to impact the Bearcats' overall record and performance this season. That's fine. But I also know this. I also know Luke Fickle is a master recruiter. He's a master developer of recruits of recruits who commit. And that's going to, once again, be the case this year. And that's why I am taking the over on Cincinnati. I'm taking the over. Because I see 10 wins within this team. I realistically can say Cincinnati is going to win 10 games this season. It might be smart if you're only thinking in terms of what talent is on this team. If you are a casual fan and you see the Cincinnati Bearcats over-under win total of nine, you go, oh, they lost so much talent from last year, I'm taking the under. But if you listen to this podcast every day, because I try to give you all the knowledge you need, if you listen to this podcast every day and you know that there's still talent here, you know the Prater of the, the, the potential rather of Evan Prater, you know the running back room is still solid, you know there are guys at corner that can step up, you know there's still talent on defense, you know the offensive line is going to be really stout this year, all five starters returning from last year, you know all this, you know the AAC, it's not very good. Take the over. This is not about playing it safe for me. The Cincinnati Bearcats football program has been aggressive for five straight years. They're not stopping just because they're losing a lot of talent. Up next, so what are the toughest games on the schedule this upcoming season? There's one game that might surprise you, but I think it's a difficult game. I'll explain next, but first I got to tell you about Bill Bart because our friends... They're just continuing to outdo themselves. And today, or rather now, well, we got a, a new a, a new ad read. Oh, this is a good one. Okay, see what happened was I had a I had a script pulled up 
and I hit refresh and the entire script refresh because we got a new built bar script. Okay. So from the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk built bar, but guess what? Your friends have built have given coconut brownie chunk the puffs treatment. That's right. Coconut brownie chunk built bar flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. See, I have this craving for German chocolate cake right now, and this is only enhancing it. But stop draw, but stop drooling rather and listen. They are good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, all, all delicious. Coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a limited time. Go to built.com now to make sure you don't miss out. They are going fast because they taste amazing. All built bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. And the best part about built puffs is, of course, they taste amazing but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they are actually good for you. They are the perfect tree, perfect when you've got a craving. You need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or if you need a quick, healthy snack, they are an excellent source of protein. Delicious content, rich, sweet, brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Order your box of coconut brownie chunk built puffs right now. Promo code, go to belt.com and use promo code LOCK10 and get 10% off your order. Use, actually, they don't give you a promo code. That's a ripoff. So you know what? You'll get 10% off with whatever. What is the promo code? I don't know. Just go to Coconut Brownie Chunk Pill Puffs right now. Whatever the price is, I'm sure it'll be worth it. So go there right now and order your Coconut Chunk Built Puffs right now. One live NBA draft show was not enough for Locked On. So I don't know why it keeps giving me denied access. So the entire NBA draft is going live on NBA Draft Night. So if you have a favorite NBA team, make sure you subscribe now to their Locked On YouTube channel to, so you get notified when they go live on NBA Draft Night. Alex Frank with you, your host each and every day here on Locked On Bearcats. So the 2022 football schedule has been out for a while now, and it's an interesting schedule. I, I, I do think without question the two toughest games for Cincinnati, SMU and, US, and UCF back-to-back on the road off the bye. I mean, that's a gauntlet. That's a... I mean, that's a murderer's row of a dynamic duo, two games. I mean, SMU, the only thing that will help Cincinnati in that game is that stadium will probably be half full. As it was two years ago. Now, that again, that was because of a COVID year. But you watch an SMU game, if you do, um, the stadium's not very full. Their stadium does not fill up well. When the Bearcats played there in 2018 under normal circumstances, that place did not fill up. And what's interesting is SMU actually does have a good team. Like, there are some good players on that team. Tanner Mordecai, Rache Rice, and wide receiver, uh, Reggie Robinson, or is it Roberson Jr.? Reggie Robinson Jr., I believe. Like, that's a good SMU team. And what they're going to be able to do this year is they're going to say, okay, Tanner Mordecai, go out there, air it out, shuck it downfield to all receivers. That is exactly what they are going to do because they're going to sense, okay, Sauce and Kobe are no longer here. We're not afraid of these guys. Just go after them. They are going to go after Cincinnati in the passing game. And coming off a bye, you're traveling to Dallas. So a long road trip. That's got the potential for spell. That's got the potential to spell trouble there. They still have a really good offense. Cincinnati just shut it down last year. And the other thing too is, 
why Cincinnati was able to shut it down last year was they got into the backfield in that game. Like, there was pressure up the middle. There was pressure off the edge. Those games, I mean, those, that game last year was was decided because Cincinnati won the battle in the trenches early, and they never let SMU's offense get into any sort of rhythm. But UCF, this will be the toughest environment UC will play in this season. The toughest environment that they will play in this season. Why? Because UCF fans are going to want their team to beat Cincinnati by 50. There is a heightened sense of feeling of excitement and whatever adrenaline, nervousness that you get when you play Central Florida. It's because of the standard they set within this conference back in 2018. It's because every game since then has been about proving that you are better than that team. Like going into the game last year against Central Florida, I think that there, I mean, I felt a little sense of, you know, nervousness, uneasiness going into that game. Because it's still UCF. You never know. There's just something about it. So the Bearcats ultimately beat them by 35. But this year you're going to Central Florida. It's not going to be restricted capacity like it was two years ago. It's going to be 45,000 fans ready to scream. And if it's a night game, (laughs) look out. Because if you watched the game in 2018, if you remember that game from 2018, you watched the game. If you remember the game from 2018, that place was rocking. I mean, that stadium was hostile. That environment, the blackout, was insane. Plus, it just looks like like Spectrum Stadium, it, it feels bigger, and yet it's still so loud. The field looks bigger, you know. The stadium is big. It's just 45,000 fans ready to scream, and they want to beat the opposing team so badly. It's also the fact that UCF is going to the Big 12. So here's a Big 12 preview, okay? They're going to hold that undefeated season over UC's heads. They know Cincinnati went to where they feel like they should have been UCF three years ago. And that's the college football playoff. So all of this adds to the environment that UC is going to play in that game. My hope is it's not a 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock kickoff. If it's a noon kickoff, fine. If it's a 3.30 kickoff, less than desirable, but I'll take it. If it's a night game and it's a blackout, that's going to be a scary, scary environment. A very scary environment. Thank goodness I'll be high above in the press box if I make it down there for that game. So that's that's just an interesting matchup for me. When I look at that environment and I look at the tough, interesting matchup, I look at, you know, UCF has lost three straight years. They're going to the Big 12. They want some momentum. They want to beat the reigning two-time conference champions. They want to, you know, beat the team that went to the college football playoff, a place where UCF was denied three years ago, four years ago, whatever. And try playing UCF. After playing SMU, I mean, you're going to, you're traveling two straight weeks and you're going to be facing high octane offenses. That's not a, that, I mean, that is an absolute gauntlet and death sentence of a two games. And that's what the Bearcats are going to do. 
It would not shock me if Cincinnati came out of that stretch just one and one. It would not shock me if Cincinnati came out of that stretch 0-2. It also wouldn't show because they are, they've been the best team in the conference for the last two years. They haven't lost a conference game in the last two years. They haven't lost a regular season game in the last two years. Back-to-back undefeated seasons is what Cincinnati has. And that's not an easy thing to pull off. Clemson did it in 2018 and 2019, yes. I'm trying to think if Alabama's ever done that. And I don't think they have. How about that? Alabama has not done that. Cincinnati has. UCF did. I'll give them that in the regular season. So it's just interesting. And this rivalry, it's the last time we'll see it in the AAC, but it's going to carry over into the Big 12. It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun. There's one other game that, that I view as tough, and that's Tulsa. Now, you might be saying, why Tulsa? Tulsa was terrible last year. Okay, this is the first conference game of the season. It's on the road. It's the farthest west team in the conference right now for Cincinnati for the moment. BYU will take over. And I don't love the fact that they have to travel that far for the first conference game. A lot can go wrong. You don't know what the stadium's going to look like. It could be a 7 o'clock kickoff on ESPN+. Plus, or it could be a 3.30 kickoff on ESPN+, Plus, whatever. And especially after playing Indiana. You got that game? It's a tricky first conference game. Like, last year was optimal. You're playing Temple at home. You knew you were going to smoke them. And they did 52-3. to But this year, you're going on the road. After playing a Big Ten team at, on your, at your home stadium. A lot can go wrong in that game. And I just feel like that's going to be a tougher game than you think. I think Temple on the road is going to be tough because Temple, Temple tough, whatever. I still think Cincinnati wins that game comfortably. Um, there's one. Uh, uh, yeah, that's the only other road game. But just Tulsa on the road, I don't love it. First conference game and you're going all the way out there. A lot could go wrong in that game. Up next, so the fact that UC's over-under dropped just one game from last year's preseason over-under win total is a sign of respect. But UCF's over-under being higher this year than Cincinnati's is a sign of disrespect. Very disrespectful. I'll explain next after a word from two of our sponsors. Only dropping one win after losing all the talent Cincinnati lost last year is a sign of respect. The talent that's still here, the recruiting that's going on, it is amazing. And you got bet online telling you that Cincinnati last year the over under was at 10. And that was a tricky number. I thought Cincinnati was going to go 11 and 1. So I had the over. But I also thought they could go 10 and 2. So, okay, break even. But the fact that they only dropped to 9 this year with the talent that was lost for a group of five team, that's a sign of respect that, they, that there is a belief nationally. That what this team is doing in terms of the culture, the recruiting, what they've done on the field, and the fact that they're going to the Big 12, it's a sign that they are still one of the best teams in the conference. But it is an absolute crime that UCF is a nine and a half wins for their for their over-under win total. What in the on God's green earth has UCF done to have a higher over-under win total than Cincinnati? Do you not remember Cincinnati boat racing them out of Nippert Stadium last year? 
Do you not remember UCF only going eight and four last year in the regular season? Do you not remember UCF only scoring the following point totals last year in these games? 14 against Tulane at home. That happened. 24 against Memphis. 17 versus USF. And 17 versus Florida. Does anybody within the sound of my voice remember those? And can anybody that's within the sound of my voice explain to me how that puts UCF at an over-under win total higher than the Bearcats? At nine and a half. Take that under and run. Because that is a crime. That UCF has a higher win total than Cincinnati. What do they have that's better than them? Is their quarterback better than them? No. Is their defense better than Cincinnati's? No. Is their head coach better than them? No. They have five fewer players on Athlon's preseason all-conference teams. Yeah, they went 9-4 last year. Got blown out by Cincinnati. Got blown out by SMU. Beat Memphis 24-7. whoop de freaking do They beat Tulane 14-10 at home. whoop de freaking do They beat USF 17-13 at home. What? UC beat them 45-28 in Tampa. On a Friday night when no one was there. And then they barely beat Florida in whatever crapshoot bowl game they played in. And that's better than the Cincinnati Bearcats. So while, yes, the over-under win total for Cincinnati, strictly, dropping just one game is a sign of respect for what they've done. Last year, what they've done in recruiting, the Big 12, the talent that remains, fine. But to put UCF higher than Cincinnati is a gosh darn crime. And it's offensive. It is offensive. And it makes me want Cincinnati to go down there and absolutely kick UCF's ass next season. UCF fans are going to want to beat Cincinnati by 50. I'm going to want to beat them by 100. And I will not shut up about it for the next whole week on this show. Just so I can rub it in the entire city of Orlando's faces. And... Someone can say, well, I mean, it's not your fault UCF's got an over-under higher win total. It's not, yes. But the odds makers and UCF fans are going to say, oh my gosh, we got a higher over-under win total than you guys. What's the deal here? No, there is no deal. Because Cincinnati is going to shut the hell up that is being raised in Orlando because of this. There is no way on God's green earth that the Cincinnati Bearcats should not have or should have a lesser over-under win total than UCF. And if anyone with the sound of my voice can reasonably explain that to me, then more power to them, and I will buy them a steak dinner on my dime. But I won't have to do that because there is no reasonable explanation. All right, that's going to do it for you today here on Lockdown Bearcats. One more show to go this week. Tomorrow, I'm efforting John Garcia Jr. to hopefully have him on uh, he, has not been, he has not been on in quite some time, and there's been a lot that's happened uh, in recruiting, a lot of commits. So hopefully we can get the director of recruiting for, uh, football for Sports Illustrated onto the Lockdown Bearcats podcast. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore 90 with two N's, N-N-A-T-I. You can follow me on Instagram, alexfrank 9 underscore, or email me at alex3frank at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel up to 219 subscribers and counting and you can follow us to get an alert every time we drop 
a new episode. The first picks of the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft have been made. Search now for Ultimate NBA Mock Draft to get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey Sports experts, and the draft experts of Locked on NBA Big Board. The five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft is underway. Make Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your second listen today. NBA Draft tonight on ESPN, I believe starting at 7.30. Don't forget, we'll be back tomorrow. All new episode of Lockdown Bearcats. And until then, I'm Alex Frank for the Lockdown Bearcats podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the NBA Draft tonight, and I will be back tomorrow.